Could we give the Lord a great hand clap of praise tonight for he is worthy to be praised. Hallelujah. Is there anything too hard for the Lord? No, no, no. I feel faith rising in this place. The people of the name have assembled to give him praise. Hallelujah, hallelujah. What a joy it is to be here tonight at Greater Faith Church. Can we, can we give Greater Faith Church a great big hand? God bless each and every one of you. Amen. And it is just such a, a tremendous delight. We, we I thank you, Bishop Nichols, for those very kind words. And I want you to know it is reciprocated. We love the Nichols family so very much. You are blessed. You are blessed. You are blessed. I thank God. Amen. I know that you know that. And, uh, and I want you to know that all of us know that, too, that you are blessed. And we thank the Lord for this family. I thank God for the voice of Bishop Nichols, Sister Nichols. God bless her and this wonderful family. Uh, we thank God for each and every one of you. And uh, I, I appreciate the friendship that I have with Bishop Nichols. And I appreciate his voice in my life and in my family's life and in our church. Amen. He has spoken into our church. We're still trying to get him there, but he has already spoken into our church. Uh, amen. There's been words the Lord has spoken through him, and uh, we thank God for his ministry that uh, affects the body of Christ and advances the kingdom of God. The faith, the, 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 there's this, this, the name is so apt to this church, greater faith. If you need greater faith, come to this place because your faith will be increased and you will move mountains. Amen. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Oh, I feel the liberty of God in this place. And I always do. I'm so grateful for the opportunity to be here. I'm so thankful that my family is here. Uh, minus Sophia. Sophia loves coming to Greater Faith. She's on corral tour with Urshan College and is so disappointed that she's not able to be here tonight. But I'm so thankful that my wife... Uh, and I both are able to be here, and Zachary and Anna and our grandbaby, baby Alette Glasgow, is here, and she will be one year old tomorrow. My, 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 my. We're praising God. I had no idea how much fun grandparenting is until it happened, and my goodness, I now know what they were talking about. We're so thankful for the blessings of the Lord. If you have your Bibles, I will invite your attention to the book of Ephesians chapter 3 and uh, want to read one verse of Scripture there, Ephesians chapter 3 and verse 20. And I, I think if we could read it together, that would be wonderful. Ephesians chapter 3 and verse 20. This is what the Word of the Lord says. We can read it together. Now unto him that is able... To do exceeding abundantly above all that we ask or think according to the power that worketh in us. Praise God. Want to read it again? Let's read it again. Now unto him that is able to do exceeding abundantly above all that we ask or think according to the power that worketh in us. Praise God. 
Praise God. Praise God. Hallelujah. I would like to preach to you for just a few moments this evening on this subject, the unprecedented power of God. The unprecedented power of God. Could we just lift our voices to the Lord in prayer? God, we thank you. We give you praise. We worship your name. We ask your blessing upon this service in Jesus' name. We ask your blessing upon this word as it goes forth. I pray for an anointing upon your messenger, upon your people. Lord, I pray that as your word goes forth, it will confirm, hallelujah, the promises of God in our hearts and minds. Help us, I pray, to receive it and to believe it. In the mighty and the matchless name of Jesus Christ, we pray. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Blessed be the name of the Lord. Blessed be the name of the Lord. In Jesus' name. Thank you, Jesus. And everybody said, Amen. And Amen. God bless you. You may be seated in the name of the Lord. The unprecedented power of God. Precedent is a powerful thing. And precedent is basically a, an established concept and established truth that has occurred in times past, something that occurs prior to, and this precedent allows us to understand how things operate, how things are. Every field of life operates from the standpoint of precedent. If you were to go to a medical doctor and explain symptoms to the medical doctor, as Bishop Nichols just described, we would have to go for several hours and wait. I believe God's already performed miracles in this house tonight. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. The medical doctor would hear your symptoms and immediately their mind would begin to race to search for precedent. They would examine the symptoms and think how have these symptoms manifested themselves in times past. And in that moment, how were they treated? And, and, and have they correlated with other symptoms? And, and precedent is guiding and navigating the way that the doctor would think. In the courtroom, precedent is very important. The lawyer speaks from the standpoint of precedent. In fact, before taking the case before the judge, the lawyer is searching for legal precedent. Because the lawyer knows that the judge is looking for legal precedent. And if the lawyers can, can, can get precedent and put the precedent before the judge, they're both vying for that precedented position. So that the judge will look favorably upon the precedent that the lawyers are presenting. Precedent is that important. Everybody is looking for precedent. Without it, we would be lost. Precedent influences everything we do. From the most mundane of daily actions to the most significant life decisions, precedent plays such an integral role in all that we do. It is no different in pastoring when people come to me and bring to me some sort of a uh, situation or a condition. Many times 
a precedent will emerge in my mind. And I will share exactly what has happened in times past. We saw it tonight. Bishop Nichols shared the precedent of someone being healed of cancer. Hallelujah. We have precedent for the healing power of God. An established truth from a, a time gone by to say it has happened before it can happen again. Hallelujah. We had a lady in our church years ago at the church in Kokomo, Indiana, where I grew up. And she called and said, uh, Brother Joel, I need you to pray. And I said, I'd, I'd be happy to pray. What is the need? She said, they said I had cancer. I said, oh, my goodness, I am so sorry to hear that, that, that they say you have cancer. She said, well, I'm not scared. And I said, you're not scared. She said, I'm not scared. She, they told me 23 years ago I had cancer. It was 23 years ago. And she said, God healed me then and he'll heal me now. You know, it was 20 years ago that she told me that. And she was talking about 23 years before 20 years ago. She's still alive and well today, praising God. She had precedent. The Apostle Paul said to the church at Rome, he said, Tribulation worketh patience, and patience worketh experience, and experience works hope. So tribulation, nobody wants to go through tribulation, but if you'll allow tribulation, James called it the trying of your faith. If you'll allow the trying of your faith to work patience, and then let patience have her perfect work, then you will be perfect and entire, wanting nothing. It will, it will develop an experience in you, and that experience will give you hope for the future. So this tribulation you're walking through, that, that tribulation is just there to work some patience. That patience is just there to work some experience. And that experience is going to give you hope from this point forward. You'll always be able to point back to that experience and say, God healed me. God delivered me. God set me free. God saved my loved one. God dried my tears. I have an experience. Therefore, I have hope. I wonder if there's anybody who has an experience with God. Hallelujah. I wonder if there's anybody here that has an experience of his mighty power. Hallelujah. It is that experience that gives you hope for whatever it is that may come your way. This was a common, this was a common uh, usage by David concerning the battles that he faced. This is what he explained to Saul when Saul asked him the question, what makes you think that you can fight Goliath? He has been a champion from his youth, and you are but a youth. And David said, well, let me explain it to you like this. He said, God delivered me out of the hand of the bear. And God delivered me out of the paw of the lion. And the same God... We've got to get back in the business of having faith in the same God. 
You don't need a different God. You don't need a new God. You don't need some kind of new philosophy. I'm going to tell you the same God that filled you with the Holy Ghost. The same God that wiped the tears from your eyes. The same God that delivered you before will deliver you again. David said this in Psalm 27. He said, the Lord is my light and my salvation. Whom shall I fear? The Lord is the strength of my life. Of whom shall I be afraid? And then he began to explain an actual event that occurred that was so unusual. He said, when my enemies and my foes, even the wicked, came up on me to eat up my flesh. There was a day that the enemies of David, his foes, the wicked, came up on him and they were going to devour him. He said, I remember it. I can still see the, I can still see the murder in their eyes. I can still see the foam in their mouth. I can still see the hate on their face. But the Bible said, when my enemies and my foes, even the wicked, came upon me, they stumbled and they fell. I don't know how to explain it, but just when they're about to reach out and do me harm, they stumbled and they fell. Okay. Now that happened. That's an experience of his. That happened. He moves then from the actual into the hypothetical and says, though war should rise against me, my heart will not fear. Though an host should encamp against me. Now he's just letting his mind wander about what possibly could go wrong. And he said, I can't think of anything that would make me afraid because I have precedent. I've got precedent that he's a good God. I have precedent that he's an on-time God. I have precedent that he'll make a way when there seems to be no way. I've got precedent. We overcome by the blood of the Lamb. We overcome by the word of our testimony. We've got precedent. Now... Faith is the substance of things hoped for. The evidence of things not seen. Hallelujah. By faith, we understand that the world's refrained by the word of God. For by it, the elders obtained a good report. By faith, Abel offered unto God a more excellent sacrifice than Cain. And, and, and by faith, Enoch was translated that he should not see death. By faith, Noah, being warned of God of things not seen as yet, was moved with fear, prepared an ark to the saving of his house. Without faith, it is impossible to please God. For he that cometh to God must believe that he is, and that he is a rewarder of them that diligently seek him. 
by faith Abraham went looking for a city that hath foundations whose builder and maker is God through faith Sarah also herself received strength to conceive seed and bring forth the son these all died in faith not having received the promises but having seen them afar off and were persuaded of them and embraced them and confessed that they were strangers and pilgrims on the earth for they that say such things declare plainly that they seek a country and truly if they had been mindful of that country from whence they came out they might have had opportunity to have returned but now they desire a better country that is in heavenly wherefore God is not ashamed to be called their God for God hath prepared my God hath prepared for them a city yeah by faith Moses choosing rather to suffer affliction with the people of God than to enjoy the pleasures of sin for a season esteeming the reproach of Christ to be greater riches than the treasures in Egypt listen listen a time would fail me the writer finally said I wish I could tell you about Samson and about Deborah and about Barak and about Gideon and about Jephthah I wish I could tell but time would fail me to tell you about all these who, who, who quench the violence of fire who Turn to flight the armies of the aliens who stopped the mouths of lions. They had their children. They were, they were, they were sawn asunder and their, their children were persecuted. But listen to what he said. He said, wherefore seeing we also are compassed about with so great a cloud of witnesses. Let us lay aside every weight and the sin that doth so easily beset us. Looking unto Jesus, the author and the finisher of our faith let us run with patience the race that is set before us he's saying we are compassed about with a great cloud of precedent a great cloud of testimonies if you're facing a fiery furnace I know three Hebrew boys that can tell you I've been and I've done that God will be there when you need him if you're facing a lion's den there's a Daniel standing there saying I've been there I've been through that God will be there when you need him hallelujah if you're you're stuck in a whale's belly I've got a prophet in the great cloud that'll tell you I've been where you are and God is faithful God is faithful Precedent. I'm talking about testimony. I'm talking to be able to look around, and you can look around this building right now, and you can you can find people who have come through the fire. Hallelujah. That's why, saints of God, you got to keep on praising his name. Yeah, that's it, elder. That's it, that's it, elder, that's it, brother. I've been through some things. I've been through something. God has been good to me. I remember when I was sick and couldn't get well, but God reached down his mighty hand and set me free. Glory, it's called precedent. 
called testimony. Hallelujah. The Bible says that King Hezekiah had a disease. He called for the prophet Isaiah. He inquired of the Lord. The prophet Isaiah said to the king, this sickness is unto death. You're going to die. That's the word of the Lord. You're going to die. That's a pretty final thing. But King Hezekiah put his face toward the wall. He said, oh God, I'm going to tell you, you can always pray. And don't you ever forget that you can always call upon God. He said, oh God, look upon my circumstances. I've, I've tried to walk with you all the days of my life. And I need you to reach down right now with your mighty power. And, and the Lord changed his mind. And the Lord spoke to Isaiah. Isaiah had already left. He was done preaching. He was almost a stake in shape. And the Lord said, go back. I've got another word. Uh-huh. And Isaiah goes back. And he said to King Hezekiah, I, 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 listen, this doesn't happen very often. But, but God has actually changed his mind. He has heard your cry. And he's going to add years to your life. And to know that this miracle has occurred, he's going to turn the sundial back 10 degrees. The sundial literally went back 10 degrees. I don't know which is the greatest miracle of the two. That God changed his mind, that Hezekiah was healed, or that the sundial went back 10 degrees. I know God can do anything. It's an amazing miracle that the sundial was walked back by the God who created the sun. That's an amazing miracle. It would take a lot of faith to believe for that when Isaiah said, This shall be a sign to you. The sundial will go back 10 degrees. It'd take a lot of faith to believe for that. But the thing is that Hezekiah had precedent of the fact that God sometimes will do strange things with the sun. Because the Bible says in the days of Joshua, there were five kings who rose up against the Gibeonites. And the men of Gibeon had made peace with the children of Israel. And these five kings rose up against Gibeon and Gibeon called upon Joshua and said, we need help from Israel. And Joshua came down against those five kings with the mighty men of Israel, with the Lord God of hosts, with the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. And he waged war against those five kings and he just about had them beat. But the Bible said that the night began to fall and Joshua's looking around and he realizes the night's coming it's getting dark out here I'm having trouble seeing where these people are but if I had just a few more hours of daylight I could win this battle if I had a few more hours of daylight 
Joshua, he didn't even know how to say it exactly, Bishop, but he lifted up his eyes and he said, Son, stand still. Moon, stand still. Everything stop. Now, now here's what I want you to understand. Joshua didn't have a precedent that he could point to and say God does strange things with the sun. He had nobody to stand up in church and say the sun stood still for me one day. All he had was an unshakable faith that God is able to do exceeding abundantly above all we can ask of them. He's standing there saying, I've never, listen guys, I've never seen anybody do this. I've never heard of it happening. I've never heard anybody testify about it. I have no precedent. Nobody's ever told me a story like this. But if I know anything about God, he's able, he's able, he's able. At the time of that writing, the Bible said that God had never heard or hearkened to the voice of a man before or after. God had never even hearkened to anybody like he did Joshua. I never heard of anybody making the sun stand still, but I know he can do it. I don't know what disease you've got that you've never heard of anybody being healed of, but he's able, he's able, he's able. I don't know what kind of bondage your children are in and you've never seen anybody delivered from it, but he's able, he's able, he's able, he's able. know what your mind has been wrestling with and you may not think you're going to get out of this with your sanity intact but he's able he's able he's able <laughs> Elisha had just seen Elijah ascend into the heavens. A chariot of Israel, a whirlwind, picked him up, carried him off into the heavens, and a chariot of fire came by. And Elijah was thrown into the chariot and carried off. And a mantle came floating down. Elisha picks up the mantle and walks to the Jordan River, smites the waters, and he said, where be the Lord God of Elijah? And the waters parted hither and thither. You know why he did that? He knew they would part. He had precedent. He had just seen Elijah do it not long before that. Elijah and Elisha walked up to those same waters. And Elijah parted the waters hither and thither. And they walked through on dry ground. You want to know why they knew those Jordan waters would part? Because they had precedent. 
It is recorded that Joshua and the children of Israel came down to the Jordan River carrying the ark of God. The priests walked down into the Jordan River. And the Bible says that the waters of the Jordan were cut off before the ark of God. And the waters parted hither and thither. And the children of Israel walked through on dry ground. You want to know why Joshua knew that could happen? Because he had precedent. He remembered when his pastor was up against something he had never seen anybody face before. And Moses didn't have any precedent. Moses is standing there trying to convince everybody this is a good plan. It's the plan of God. And the plan of God says we're supposed to come to this Red Sea and I have no idea what to do now. If your plans don't involve a miracle, you need new plans. See, sometimes, sometimes we like to plan things so we won't need a miracle. But that's man's plans. God's plans always involve a miracle. You better show up somewhere scratching your head. Yeah, people are going to be complaining. Yes, people are going to be questioning your judgment. But you just tell them, stand still, stand still, stand still, and see the salvation of the Lord. I don't know how he's going to do it. I've never seen anybody face anything like this. I've never seen anybody deal with something like this. But he's able. He's able. Moses stretched out that rod. And the Bible says that the Red Sea parted and the water stood up as an heap. And the children of Israel walked through on dry ground. Something they'd never seen before. But I'm not talking to you merely about the precedented power of God. I'm talking to you about the unprecedented power of God. When you need God to do something you've never seen God do. The writer could have said he is exceeding able to do all we can ask or think. But he didn't just say exceeding. He could have said he's abundantly able to do what we ask or think. But he didn't just say abundantly. He could have said he's able to do above what we ask or think. But he didn't just say above. He could have said he can do all we can ask or think. But he didn't say all only. He said now unto him that is exceeding. And he's like, no, that doesn't do it justice. Abundantly. That's good. We're getting but We're almost there. Above. No, I need a little bit more. Oh, we can ask a thing. He's able, he's able, he's able, he's able, he's able. He's able, he's able, he's able, he's able, he's able. Oh, yeah, yeah. 
I feel like God's ready to break in right now. I feel like God's ready to do something right now. standing my God my God I feel the Holy Ghost God's ready to do something right now I said God is ready to break through on your behalf right now You don't have to wait to praise him. You don't have to wait till the battle is over. Shout now. Shout now. to the mountain and was going to sacrifice him he told everybody we're going to go up there and worship and we'll be right back both of us I and the lad will go yonder and I and the lad will go, come back with you don't worry Isaac God will provide himself a lamb God already gave the word sacrifice him lay him down and sacrifice him Abraham said alright I'll do what God said now we know we know that death is not the end of the story. You want to know why we know? Because Jesus rose from the dead. We have precedent. Behold, I show you a mystery. We shall not all sleep, but we shall all be changed. In the moment, in the twinkling of an eye, at the last trump, the trumpet shall sound. The dead shall be raised incorruptible. This mortal shall put on immortality. This corruptible shall put on incorruption. Hallelujah. Then shall be brought to pass the saying that is written, death is swallowed up in victory. Oh, death, where is thy sting? Oh, grave, where is thy victory? For this we say unto you by the word of the Lord, that we which are alive and remain shall be caught up together with them in the cloud. <laughs> to meet the Lord in the end. The dead in Christ shall rise up first. So shall we ever be with the Lord. We know because Jesus rose from the dead. And when Jesus said he was going to rise from the dead, they had trouble believing it. But I don't know why. Because they had precedent. Precedent that said he's able to raise the dead back to life. Jesus wept. I said Jesus wept. Jesus wept because of their unbelief. 
He said, I am the resurrection and I am the life. He that believeth in me, though he were dead, yet shall he live. Lazarus, come forth. Lazarus, come forth. Jesus said all the unbelievers get out of the room this little girl's not dead she's just asleep Talitha Kumai made a rise and he brought that dead girl Jairus' daughter procession reached inside the casket and brought the son of the widow at names out of the casket said you gotta keep on living that wasn't the first time it happened Elisha stretched himself over the son of the Shunammite woman that dead child came back to life. You know why he stretched himself out over him? Because he saw Elijah do it for the son of the widow at Zarephath. Stretched himself out over him and brought him back to life. Bishop, I got to looking around our church the other day and I started realizing I was looking places and I started seeing lots of people who used to be dead. Like literally, flatlined. No heartbeat, no oxygen in their lungs, should be dead. Doctors said they're supposed to die, but they're dancing in the presence of the Lord. I have no trouble believing in the resurrection. But the Bible says, the Bible says that Abraham took Isaac to the mountain was going to offer him there as a burnt sacrifice and this is why Hebrews 11 he accounted that God was able to raise him up even from the dead 
He had seen no resurrection. He had never seen a dead man come back to life. He had never watched somebody come up out of the grave. But he accounted that God is able, God is able to do exceeding abundantly above all we can ask or think somebody give him praise somebody give him blessings coming the windows of heaven are open over you you have poured your heart out to churches all across this globe pouring into the planting of churches all across this nation God has taken notice and I declare to you the blessing the multiplied blessing the providential blessing the sovereign blessing of God. It is a blessing for you as a collective and it is a blessing for you individually. Your homes are blessed. Your marriages are blessed. Your children are blessed. You're under a spiritual covering that's blessed. Blessing. Blessing. He will bless you. Multiply. He will multiply. you to praise God for something you don't even know what it is because you can't think it and you can't ask it it's exceeding abundantly above all you can ask or even think you can't even imagine the blessings that are coming you can't even articulate the prayer needed for these blessings to come. You're going to have to pray in the Holy Ghost because only the Holy Ghost knows these blessings that are coming. You're asking God for healing. He's going to give you more than healing. You're asking Him for deliverance. He's going to give you more than deliverance. You're asking him to save your loved ones. He's going to do more than save them. Unprecedented, unprecedented, unprecedented power, 
to do it I don't want you to wait I want you to dance like the weight has been lifted I want you to dance like the chains have been broken I want you to praise him like you just got a text that the miracle came through 